All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this episode of Warrior Week Parables from the Pit. This week, my guest is none but Don Burry. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> What's up, man? Glad to be here, coach. You, it's a fun time. You, you traveled far, very far, all the way from Denver to be here, man. And uh, we got a great, great conversation coming up. Sit down, relax, and enjoy this week's Worry Week Parables from the Pit, introducing Don Burry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back. Don, you are enlightened. We have having guests here lately that are being enlightened by due to due to the early hours of sunsetting, or should I say late hours of sunsetting from California sun and our window not being covered. <laughs> it's beautiful. I feel like God is watching over this right now. Absolutely. And then there is the US flag right there, son, to make it all worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so Don, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna introduce you to our uh, to our guest this week. Um, why don't you give us the background of who who Don is, what where you came in, and uh, like more importantly, what the fuck are you sitting here in my podcast, bro? Absolutely. What a journey, golly. Um, gosh, almost a year ago, mm. almost now a year ago, um, I first. Uh, and I'm not a Facebook guy, but I went on Facebook and I saw this thing called King's Kit. Mm. And um, it spoke to me. It spoke right to me. And um, I was just in this tremendous pit of just hollow, hollow, no feeling, just uh, dead inside, essentially. And um, got into King's Kit. And little did I know that another Facebook ad called Warrior Week mm. would hit me square in the face. And um, it wasn't too long after that you and I were on a call. And I remember uh, um, standing out in the rain on my phone talking to you. Mm. And um, you were speaking right to my heart. Uh, and uh, I said, how do you know all this stuff? He said, bro, I was you. <laughs> so um, that got me into Warrior Week 52 and um, came through that and... Uh, Gosh, um, it unlocked my heart in so many ways. And uh, I used to think my heart was my enemy. Hmm. Now my heart is my sword and my shield. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, uh, what Warrior Week did for me was exactly that. It, it unlocked what was already inside of me. I just didn't know it. It's crazy. Um, it is not crazy. That's exactly what Warrior Week did for me five years ago. Uh, I, I didn't. When I walked into, when I walked into Warrior Week, um, in 2013, uh, I had no fucking plan on or any vision on sitting here today and talking to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it did unlock my heart, man. It did unlock my heart and the lock uh, on the heart of thousands of graduates. Of Warrior Week, and the game has changed. Uh, you know, like nowadays, uh, you know, the the Facebook real estate and and the message, like there's a lot of messages, right? And and the marketplace is flooded with messages, 
And confusion takes place between a man that is trying to listen to, uh, to you know, to his heart. But then there's all these ways that are introduced to him, right? Warrior Week, when Warrior's Way happened to be a way that leads to the way. And uh, in a place where it was not as noisy as, as it was last year, uh, you know, yeah, message came across to you. But really, it wasn't you that were that was looking for the message. It was the message that was looking for you. Mm-hmm. And Warrior happened to be a vehicle. And in many cases, for our audience listening to this, Warrior may be the way or Warrior is one of the way. Talk to us about, uh, you know, your life overall. Like, where were you when the message came to you? When were you where something started resonating? And we were all instrument inside of this delivering that. But what, where were you when, when uh, the message started resonating with you, Don? Right, yeah. So uh, the, biggest, the biggest hole in my life and in my heart was uh, my not having time with my kids. Yes. Now, I've got four kids. Uh, one was already away uh, in college, but the other three, uh, two in high school, one in middle school, uh, graduating now. But I was traveling, and I was gone. I was gone two weeks at a time, home for one weekend, gone for another two weeks, and no time with the kids. I was not present at all in being the dad I should have been, period. And um, I felt that. I felt that absence of them in my life. Um, I've been married, divorced now twice, uh, which was another big hole in my life. And trying to, or thinking that finding a woman was the way to happiness, uh, when I wasn't even happy inside of myself, no way I could have been happy. With, uh, or made a woman happy. So I think it was in my balance is where I felt that just big, hollow emptiness is, is where I was. Um, and that's what, that's what spoke to me when I heard the message, that feeling of, you, you know, you're not alone. Or I felt alone, but hearing that message of you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, that's such a... Such a such an unspoken pain that uh, so many men go through, including myself, the, the, the pain of allowing time to go by and years from now looking at that and regretting why the fuck did I do that? Why the fuck did I allow time to go by? And where the fuck was I? Which brings a question to, to my mind right now, and that is, you know, at one point, are we transitioning from being boys and teenagers to men? There's a lot of conversation around this, right? We're just gonna we're just gonna have a fucking tactical conversation. It's not it's not this strategic conversation about being boys, but you're just gonna bring it to the facts of life, bro. Here's the facts of life, right? You got two kids, you got three kids, you got some kids, and you end up acting like a teenager, mm. like. Like, just take a look at your life, right? You take a look at your weekend that you just bought. We're Monday. Take a look at your your weekend, right? And if you look at your weekend and you say, okay, I got four kids, I got two kids, I got a kid, and how did I show up this weekend? Well, did I show up like a dad? Did I show up like somebody that would support them? Did I show up to, as if, as if I put them as a priority? Or did I show up like a fucking teenager just because I can't? Right. Mm -hmm. Just or that I was I forced to show up like a dad. Like I want to make a very clear distinction here. Right. Mm -hmm. Here's the situation. Situation is you're married and you have kids. Your heart wants to act like a teenager, but then you're forced to act as a man 
And the, the way you're forced is either by your wife, mainly by your wife, or by your set of rules, what it's supposed to be, what you should do, or what you should do not. Listen to this really carefully. Because this is, this is unpeeling the fucking onion. Because there are a lot of men out there that would say, well, I acted as a dad, and I'm proud of myself. But then the real question is, did you do it from the bottom of your heart? Or were you forced to do it because of the expectation of your wife or because of the instructions from your wife or because of the should I do this and this is what dads are supposed to do, so I will do that. There is a huge difference. And then there is the other guy that didn't do that that acted like a fucking teenager, right? Acted like a fucking teenager, just did the shit that he wanted to do for himself and kind of wasn't there. They're both end up in the same place. That's my point. Yeah. One is not. And then there's a third guy that actually did this from his heart. And maybe he was a teenager too because he loves being a teenager. And maybe he was a dad this weekend and he was a husband and he did it all and he carries no guilt and shame by giving whatever he had. He didn't, he didn't have to spend all weekend with his kids to prove that he's a fucking dad. Mm-hmm. He did the time that he wanted he invested the time that he wanted to empower his kids. He empowered himself. He empowered his wife by having great sex and not what you're supposed to fucking do, but by like creating the sparks that he wanted. Yeah. So th- that's the unspoken layer of the conversation, right? Because we sit down here, man, it's like, bro, man, you know, I spent time with my kids. It was awesome. I did this and this and that. Okay, bro, that's awesome. Did you truly deep down inside, is that all you wanted to do? Or were you actually forced to do that? Like, let's just get fucking real. Yeah. What are you hearing in this, Don? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the, the word obligation, you know, I need more time, more time, more time instead of quality, quality, quality. And I remember one time I had a conversation with Coach Sean, and um, I went to my daughter's basketball game. Hmm. And uh, she barely said anything to me. And here I had traveled all this time. I was like, don't you want to, you know. And he's like, it's not about the time you get, man. It's about the quality. And for so long, it was about, I got to be there on Friday just because it's my obligation. <laughs> yeah, I got to be there from Friday to Sunday, and I've done my job. That's dad. That's not dad. That's not doing what what now I can see I, I wish I would have done then. And, and that is really in my heart being present with them in a quality situation that wasn't just about existing; it was about loving them, which is really all they want. It's true, just love. So, so that's a very good point that you're bringing in, right? If you look at if you look at like kids around eight, nine, and then if you look at teenagers, like okay, dude, like here's the reality: your 18 year old, your 19 year old, don't want you fucking spend time with them. Like they want to time, they want to spend time in places where they're significant and popular, and they want to explore. They want to explore the fucking world, man. They 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 want to hang out. They want to know. They want to they want to see. Like, if they want to spend most of the time with you, there's a fucking problem somewhere. <laughs> Let's just be real. There is a problem. They're hiding from something, and that's why they're feeling more comfortable spending time with you. Yeah. And and here's the reality. The question is, do they feel love by you? Because that's all they want. They can just check in. And they know that you got the, that you have their back no matter what. And if they have that feeling, they'll make the best decisions that 
they'll like they'll make the best decision ever. They'll be in a situation, a party, knowing that someone's got their back. They know exactly what kind of decisions make. And yeah, people make mistakes. We all do. We all have to learn from mistakes. But having this feeling of like not being loved, not being enough, that everything you do is always a fucking, you know, there's always a grumpy conversation around everything that you fucking do. So you know, we might as well like fuck it. I'll do whatever the fuck, man, and I won't like. And they'll find out. Okay, I'll get in a situation. If he doesn't, then I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and they notice things you don't think they notice, <laughs> right? Like the uh, like the daily deposits. I've done those every day since I started King's. I mean, every day, and they don't say something every day. They they don't even acknowledge it. But one time in three months, and they say, "Wow, all those things you've been doing." I remember them, and they mean something to me, and um, and that that makes me feel like okay, now I'm being a dad. Now I'm giving them something that's part of my heart. That before was just you know my time. They don't want my time. Mm. They don't want my time at all. They want to spend time with their friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but knowing that that's soaked into their heart, that's what I want. They want a specific time for you. Yeah. There is a specific time they want from you and I. And our notion of time is not their notion of time. They want a time where we have answers for them. They want a specific, like, their notion of time is completely different than ours. Yeah. It's not length of time. It's their time. And they got a, they got a, they got a kid's watch. They got a teenager watch, which is not the same thing that an adult watch. And what we do is that we constantly fucking put them under one concept which is time and we are f- conditioned to do that religion b- religious belief like re- religious beliefs conditions us constantly to do that our morality our cultures the way we're taught about school and school system and everything is blended into putting all times together the reality is they got a teenager watch and they got a kids watch and the question is are you responding to their timelines Right. Or we are overriding it with ideology of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what that's what I try to do. I said, this is my time. You're supposed to be with me from this time to this time. And almost like I was forcing not only myself, but them. Yep. And it became it became this thing of guilt and shame for them. Yep. Is what it turned into. One of the biggest fucking debate that I'm going to put out there is this idea of putting fucking kids to bed at six. Why? Like, why? Why would you put your fucking kids to bed at six? Why? What the fuck? Other than the benefit that you get to have some peaceful time in the evening. Motherfucker, if you're coming back home at 6.30 at night and your kids are going back, your wife is putting your kids to bed at six. There is a problem if you don't address this. Mm-hmm. Because years from now, you'll, you'll, you'll feel that you didn't, even, you didn't even got to know your kids other than fucking weekend. And what you did is that you got you got with the kids so that your wife can sleep in late mm-hmm. on the weekends. There is a problem with not expressing your voice on that. Saying, hey, man, I come home at fucking 630. You're not going to fucking put the kids at six. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm, I will see my kids. Mm-hmm. And I cannot be home at 430 because I got to fucking like I work. Right. What are you saying in this, man? Well, so here's what... <laughs> You know, I think having lost 
having been through divorce yeah. and having essentially lost the time with my kids. Yeah. Knowing what that feel that hurt feels like in my heart, I mean, an hour and a night, if I could have 30 minutes every night yeah. back. Yeah. Holy shit. 30 minutes or an hour, I mean, because you don't appreciate it until you don't have it. And trust me, it's gone like that. I mean, it's gone so fast. That's true. For those of us that are still in, in uh, you know, in marriage and, I mean, it, it's, it, we're blinded to the fact that you just brought up, right? The fact that, man, you don't fucking appreciate that shit and it's gone. Yeah, you take it totally for granted that the kids are upstairs sleeping in their bed. You know how precious that is to me just to know my kid is upstairs sleeping in their bed? Yeah, man. I mean, that is... You don't realize it till you don't have it, and yet, and that is painful when it when it mm-hmm. comes to when it comes to you know men like like yeah man living a divorced life, uh, divorced life not in such that a hey, you know divorce like divorce from your kids man, like separation from your kids like yeah that's gotta be fucking hard you know because you don't have that. Hey, my kid is sleeping upstairs. No, and and you, I mean, it sounds simple. It sounds simple, but it's just a feeling that when they're in the same house, and they're there, you know, you can go, you know, touch them or see them. They're right there. Versus, you lose that, and we take that such for granted. I think that so so many guys that have that that are in marriages and you know that are in that place of maybe problems with their marriage um you're not just divorcing your wife if that happens you're not just losing that you're losing a lot more and unfortunately in many cases uh these things are not talked about the way we're talking about it here and this is not to create some kind of fucking heroism out of uh, out of this conversation on this fucking podcast, but it's really to tell the fucking truth. Is that you know when you're sitting there, a relationship are no longer working, right? W- like there's no fundamental question. Is that okay? Why is this relationship not working? Let's assume that the the, the, the cause of the relationship not working is very very obvious, and it's it's not going to work. But then where is this energy spent? Most of the energy spent in making sure that the finances are clean and the separation are clean and, and blah, 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 and people are hiding their existing relationship with others and adultery and all kind of shit. In the midst of this, there's minimum amount of energy put into the, the damages that will be created on both sides, which is as simple as that. It's like, hey, man, for... Four times a four times a week, or a couple of times a week, or maybe for an entire two weeks, I won't have my kids upstairs. I won't know my kids are sleeping upstairs, and that fucking hurts. That hurts my that hurts my heart. That hurts my personality. That hurts my character. And and most men will just mask it, right? Mm-hmm. Tough it up and go. But the pain is there, and that's the fucking problem. That's when they turn into the teenager. Uh, essentially, because then it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go over here and do whatever I want, and it becomes more and more of a distance. Because I did that, too. It's like you want to yeah. date again. You want to do this other stuff. You want to you want to find happiness, you think. Yeah, yeah. But you get further and further away from your kids, and you, and you see them less, and you see them less. But that's not just, I mean, yeah, it hurt me, but 
it hurt them too. Oh yeah. It hurt them too. And I mean, I know when we went back and did some of the stuff when we went through like our seven year old self and did some of that stuff. I mean, I, my parents were divorced. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't only hurt. It doesn't only hurt the the you know the the father and the mother, but the kids. I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, you know, my youngest was one when we divorced. All she's known is that. Let's look at let's look at let's reverse that because this is this is this hurts too, man. Like there's one thing not knowing that you say your son or daughter is upstairs, but there's another thing for them not knowing dad or mom are, are not home at that time while they're gonna go to sleep. Like who's to tell who's to tell like what they're struggling for before they're closing their eyes? You know, they're younger, they might be struggling with darkness or or being bullied or or some kind of situation. As they get older, it's about significance and popularity and you know being made a fun of or whatever, right? And then and then so on and so on. Before they go to bed, they they too have concerns like you and I. Absolutely. And and not knowing that, you know, mom or dad or both of them are not there, that's got to be fucking painful too. That's the perspective that we never say, hold on, hold on. Let, let's see what the fuck their perspective is. What happens, like, we assume that the kids can grow out of it. That's the major assumption. Mm -hmm. But the reality is what happens to that kid, man, when when he doesn't have mom and dad under the same roof? Yeah. Um, I You know, I've been on both sides of it as a kid. And, um, you know, it's it's this... Feeling of if I spend time with mom, then dad thinks I don't love him. And if I spend time with dad, mom thinks I don't love her. And it's this constant struggle where you're torn apart as a kid, uh, thinking back to when I went through it, of you can't please anyone. And you're sort of stuck in this purgatory of, of you know, um, how do I please anyone? And, um, and so you end up, I, for me, I ended up just sort of kind of, I think formed me a little bit today, it, you know, where I hardened my heart at that time. Because if I was hard, then I didn't hurt, you know, and I couldn't, and I couldn't, you know, let the situation hurt me. So I fear that for my kids, you know, I feared that for them that, um, you know, I wanted them to not have to go through the same thing I did. So in, in uh, at WarriorCon, we addressed this and we talked about how, because as a kid, the situation is different from, uh, like, girls react different to this than boys. We talked specifically about boys at WarriorCon 3, and we said that, you know, the, the valve, the, the valve of our hearts gets shut down pretty early. And uh, it, it gets shut down where love is confused, uh, meaning that we don't know where to pour all this love and purity that we have as a kids. We, we don't know where which channel to pour it into. And we begin restricting the the volume of love that we're gonna pour into channels. Because if I start pouring into dad, then then I'll feel guilty about mom, or I'll be afraid that mom would be mad at me, or I'm leaving mom behind, vice versa. If I allow it to pour into mom, then I'm leaving dad behind, then I'm feeling guilty about that. And we begin fucking around with the valve, man. That's when that's where we start playing with the valve. As a kid, we're not supposed to play with the valve. We're supposed to let it open and let it flow through us, right? That's that's the purpose of being a fucking kid because love flows through us. And and when you are put in a situation such as that, it is the first time that you start learning about manipulating, right? Mm -hmm. You're manipulating, which means you are starting to fucking lie. Yes. 
Absolutely. And, and that's when I learned it. I, I learned to essentially turn my heart off. And I got really good at it. Mm. And I took it into being a 49-year-old man. Hmm. Yeah. Right. That's what you push it front, right? Mm-hmm. Like you pull the future into now, and, and that's what it becomes. And then when you look at... When you you look at girls, it's totally the opposite. It's like they they don't shut it down, but they they completely make it wide open in hope that it gets filled up. So and it doesn't. And for years, they become hungry of that love. Mm-hmm. And now they walk into relationship with expectations that were never fulfilled. Now you put two of these 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 kids together as adults. And, you know, how can one is open, one is closed, and how do you, how do you have a flow? Then you get kids, because you're supposed to have kids, and you're married, and yet the flow is not happening. There's no flow. Yeah. And you can't force a flow. Yeah, I, I, you know, I look at my kids, and uh, my son especially, because uh, he's very, I see a lot of hit my traits in him. Yeah. And and his heart, I I can see is is closed in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't think a relationship's the same as you do after you're married and, and serious. Then, right? And um, I I just uh, and then I see my daughters because I've got you know three girls and um, they are so very like you said, wide open with love. Yeah. And um, and then so you get this wide open heart getting damaged, just beat on by this closed heart yeah and um and so because i have three daughters i worry about them you know um but i also worry about my son because i don't want him to go through the same sort of misery that i put myself through the cage i built for myself correct and so here is the um here's the solution to this problem you ready for this (laughs) the solution is awareness Awareness is is what is going to create the solution now, right? Up to now, you were not aware of this. Now that you are aware of this, you're fucked. You have to act upon it. (coughs) So what do you do? Well, I'm aware of this. I'm going to rebuild the connection. It's not a restart because you're not starting the same patterns and behavior. It's a second chance of what you had, which you didn't wait for it to fucking vanish away. You became aware of it. So you're aware of your second chance. Yeah. You know, it's often they say, you know, oh, fuck, I, I, I wish I had a second chance. When, when, you know, when obviously when people die, that second chance is very difficult. But when you talk about relationship that ends, when you talk about situation where you're no longer part of something and you, you wish for a second chance, what if your awareness could bring you the same feelings that you would have had when you, wanted, you would have been in a second chance situation? It's the feeling that counts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Worry Week did that for you. Yeah. You came to Worry Week, and uh, specifically in the first night, dark, in the pit. Uh, there was a sense of awareness. What were you aware of? Gosh. All of these things that I had suppressed, they fucking came out. You know, my heart became, became on fire again. It started to become on fire again. And uh, I had to release it. I mean... Releasing that, because it, it's all was just suppressed down inside. 
and, and it's very important to talk about this because you hear that everywhere. Like, Worry Week is not a fucking therapy session. Uh, like, Although you hear all these releasing terminologies and shit like that, it's like, okay, I could have a similar thing in, in therapy. No, man, it's a journey. Like, this journey started for you like 30, 60 days ago. It started with King's Kid. Like it's one knock at one door and one door at the door. It's like it's like a group of uh, military guys or, or police SWAT team walking inside of a kill house or, or a building and start clearing rooms. Like before the building is fucking clear, it's one room at a time and it's fucking scary. Like it's literally fucking scary to go in an in the every time you go in a room, there is a chance of the unknown. Absolutely, and all the demons that are in there that you that you've created. That for me in King's Kit, we did that. Yes, you know, we we went in the room, we sat in there in the dark, and uh, I remember that timer went off, and I still hadn't seen anything. And then all of a sudden, that demon was there, mm. and I mean, it was real. It it was that demon that said, "Stay here in this pit with me. You're mm. safer here. Mm. You're safer in this pit." But it was a fucking lie. Mm. It was a lie because um, you know what I really needed. Was to get out of that fucking pit and 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 be that guy that was I always was. I just didn't release him. And it's crazy. We our imagination is the source of that creation. Mm-hmm. Our imagination is the source of a fucking lies. We there's a situation. Something happens. We imagine and assume. We imagine, then we assume right away, and then we justify as alpha males. In order to back that fucking imagination. Yep. And that's all it is. It's it's all imagining. Yeah. A- awareness eliminates imagination. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, bro, now that you're aware, you're fucked. You can't imagine this anymore. Because every time you're gonna try to imagine this, you know you're fucking lying. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And in that place you have a choice. Well, if you lie again, that's a fucking decision. That's on you. You're fucked. But if you know that's a lie. Then you won't continue lying on yourself if you want something that is different from the outcome that that lie has given to you most of your life. Right. Well, I'm a fucking master storyteller when it comes <laughs> to lying to myself, hmm. and I did that. And uh, you know, destroying those stories made the possibility of the truth um, exist for me. Hmm. I mean, just the possibility of the truth. And um, you know, so but it all starts, like you said, with destroying the story. The story, and awareness is is the is the founding member of the destroying club of fucking stories. So it, it how do you become aware? Well, awareness. There's multiple level of awareness. You can become aware by reading a book. Uh, you can become aware by listening to this podcast. You can become aware by watching a movie and a portion of that movie. Uh, but there's nothing like experiencing awareness. And this is where you're like, fuck. I get it. I fucked that one up. I get it. I, I get it. I fucked that one up. There is ownership that comes with awareness. An experienced awareness, when you experience awareness, you have ownership. Other form of awareness don't create as much as ownership than the experience itself. Me reading something in a book may create awareness, maybe maybe setting me on a path to experience that awareness. But until I have not experienced awareness, then I can't own that. And that's exactly what you did. Like, worry week, 
It was an experience of awareness. There are many experiences of awareness in life. Warrior Week happened to be the one that kept knocking at your door the message that seeked you. What did you become aware of at your your experience? Well, and what do you own? Yeah, so what I became aware of is that I was letting myself be comfortable in my stories. And I just said, okay, these stories are there. And what Warrior Week did was push me to the point of saying, no, your fucking stories should not exist. Hmm. And, and so my awareness came from, holy shit, that's right. This is, this is a lie. It's just a, something I have in my head that's haunting me. And, um, and going away from that, moving away from that story because I had the awareness was when like, my heart cracked open and the light started coming out. Yeah. That's exactly when it happened. Awareness was that sort of jackhammer that took off that hard exterior, exterior of my heart and let, let it actually beat. Yeah. Uh, because before that, um, the stories were just like this comfort zone around my heart. It, it, they thought they were protecting my heart from pain. Yes. And, and what Warrior Week did is like, okay, no fucking more, and ripped that shit off. And that's the foundation. I mean, if you look at all the religions and the foundation of all the religions of all fucking time, there's been, there's been two words that has been repeatedly stressed upon. Regardless of what religion you're from or what fucking branch of that religion, right? <laughs> you could be a, a Muslim, you could be a, a Christian, and you have a th 30 different branches, uh, which is another topic of conversation. Like, how the fuck... You're going to have 30 branches. Religions is one word, is one sentence. That's it. That's it. The rest is interpretation of men. The rest is interpretation of men. Inside of that, whatever the religious path that you're following right now, that happens to be your belief. There is constantly two, two words that are spoken of in all of them, and you can do the studying of this. Not that I'm a fucking guru, but I've experienced this, and I know this at 43. Two words all religion talk about constantly over and over, and it's awaken and remember. Awaken and remember. And it's this life cycle of being awakened by your experience and remembering that. So when we look at your, your scenario, awaken to the, the, the relationship that you nourish the most, the most valuable in your life, which is your four kids mm -hmm. and their mothers and their mothers because forever they're going to be th their mother. They are in the fucking picture. Mm -hmm. If you foresee to have a relationship with your kids in the next 50, 60 years, the best of the relationship, then the mother of those kids needs to be inside of that picture regardless of your fucking personal issues with that person. Like, bro, you need to fucking check yourself if you allow personal issues to be brought into the mission of raising fucking kids. It's a fucking mission. And if you allow one person to get into your fucking head, then the mission is not going to be completed, a.k.a. your ex-wife gets you in your fucking head. Then all you're, all you're dealing with is with that person taking space in your head, and you're going to fail the fucking mission, which is raising these kids together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and not just raising them, being there for them, man. Right. Yeah, and, and it's and it's easy to fall into that trap of, okay, I'm supposed to hate you, right? Yes. I'm supposed to hate you. 
And that's the story you create. I'm supposed to hate you because you fucked up our family. Yes. Yes. Instead of the mission of raising the kids. Yes. L- let me paint the fucking picture. I'm supposed to fucking hate you because you fucked another guy. And you backstabbed me and you fucking cheated on me and you fucking destroyed the family. Yeah, okay. There is that. Uh, will that go away? I don't know. Perhaps not. I, I don't know. How, what the fuck is going to erase that? I don't know. There, there's a level of fucking hate there that it's going to take a lot for it not to be present. But then there is the management of that pain. There is the management of that fucking shitty situation in your life. Which is like, okay, well, you fucked another guy. That sucks. We got a mission here because I got three fucking kids. What's the plan? What's the plan? I'm out. Okay, we're not together. Obviously, that's good. What's the plan to raise the fucking kids? What's the plan to be there for the next 60 to 70 years for them? That's not, that's not a conversation that anybody has. No. Because it's so hard that you're in between the blame game and the situation. Well, guess what? If she fucks somebody else, it's because you didn't provide something that she wanted. Or at the beginning, this transaction was never meant to be. And you accepted it, or you didn't know, or you got manipulated inside of the transaction. You might be the fucking victim here. But you were a victim before she actually fucked another guy. You were a victim way, way before, man. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, and that's it. And that's what, like you said, um, you know, going back and looking on this stuff, I was there too. I was there too, and I had a role. Um, and, um, but for so long, I did, I did hate her. Mm-hmm. I did. And, um, you know, with my oldest daughter, I, didn't, I don't think I've ever told you this, I raised her from 3 to three to 15 mm. by myself. But I did it the wrong way. My goal was to, the opposite, have her spend as little time with her mom. Yes. And then I win. Yes. It's about winning then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I won because she chose me. Yeah. And, but I was really perpetuating the loss because I was trying to drive a wedge between her and her mom. Yes. And that wasn't what I should have done. No. And awareness again, right? Awareness of, dude, it's fucking hard to look back and say, shit, I was wrong for, I was wrong for raising my daughter from three to 15. That's, that's hard shit to say after all the sacrifices you've done. But you say, it wasn't I was wrong. It's because I, you know, I said the when to be something else. Now I know what the when is. The when is she must be she must feel supported, and the relationship she may or may not have with her mom is is an experience she has to go through. I cannot save her from her mom. I cannot force this to be better than it is. All I can do is create awareness for my daughter, and my daughter becomes wiser and wiser and wiser, and she makes her choices. So as 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 parents, our role becomes this. Creator of awareness. We become the lighthouse. They got to swim, bro. They have to fucking swim, just like you and I did. Mm -hmm. They have to swim. They have to take the boat in the ocean. They have to navigate. But the lighthouse lighthouse just shines and lets them know that we're here. Let's them know that we're here. Let's them know that we're here. Hey, man, you get lost? Here's the lighthouse. You can come back here. Get some food. Get some soup. Get you back on the road, and off you go. Or you can stay here as long as you want. But I'm not going to force the lighthouse to go in the middle of the ocean just because you decided to go there. And sometimes they need to go there. And so this idea of being a lighthouse, both as, as a father and, and as, a, as a mother, requires a man to go above and beyond 
conflict. And the mission becomes shining the light. The mission becomes making sure that your kids, no matter what, they know one thing 100% and they never doubt that. If you would ask your kid one fucking question, and that is, what do you know about that? What do you know about that that is 100% certain and sure? What do you know about that? And if you, if, you, if you actually work on the answer to be no matter what the fuck happens, no matter what, and this is your, your, your daughter or your son talking, I know that my dad loves me 100% without a doubt. If you get this one question answered from your kids, dude, you've done your fucking job. Because the rest, it's all an experience. You can be a guide to them when the time comes. Okay, the boat goes in the fucking, they see the lighthouse, they know you're there, that's the love, right? So if they see the lighthouse, they know they can come back. Now they come back, they're all fucked up about it, guilt, shame, or situation, whatever. And you're sitting there, you're bringing a soup, and, uh, and you're like, okay, I'm going to give you a few words of advice. You ready for this? And they'd be like, yeah. And then you give them a few words of advice. And they go to bed, they have the soup, they stay there a couple of days, and they decide to go somewhere else, and they carry those words with them. And that's what matters. Right, right. Well, lately, the way I look at it in terms of, because I'm doing legacy planning now, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think about it, it's not what you leave, it's who you leave. Mm. And I want to leave more inside of them than, than to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. My dad visited me this, this, this weekend from Montreal, and he was there a couple of days. Uh, I was away. We had two events back-to-back, so I was away like six days. Didn't see my dad. He spent time with, with the kids. And uh, he and I just had lunch today, and uh, you know, we, we talked. just to, like, And he told me two words, like, hey, here's, here's the advice I have for you. you know, and that's it. I'm like, okay. And, and he does that periodically, right? So it's not like he's hammering me with fucking advice. It comes in and it's like, hey, man, I got, I got some words for you, right? And so he leaves one or two. And I remember this in the past 30 years. Th- th- his system is always the same. He hasn't changed his system. He was never an enforcer of fucking advice. He was never a coach, but he was always, he was, he was a guide. My dad is a true fucking lighthouse because he's always been there as a guide. And, and he's been the guy that, that brings the soup, and right when I'm eating the soup and in that space, he drops it, mm. right? So he knows exactly what the timing is, and I carry that. Like, what better advice than, than when I'm wounded, I'm all beat up, and then, you know, doesn't mean necessarily that I'm all fucked up, but it means that I'm tired, mm. right? And he knows when I'm tired, and he drops it because he watches, and he watches, and he watches, and he sees and then he makes one little observation when in time. Could have he done that over the phone? Possibly. He's done it before over the phone. But the impact, could he have done this last week when he first, the day that he come? Yes. But the impact of it is exactly on his timing. See, you and I have times too. We got, we got the dad time. Mm-hmm. And dad times mean here's I'm going to drop some fucking bombs for you right now on this time. <laughs> here's how we fuck them up. We fucked them up on our timeline. They got the times. They ask us to be here and there. Yeah, okay, we respond to their timeline. But we drop the fucking advices on our timeline because we know exactly the timing is right for them. Mm-hmm. And that's the advantage that we have. If we choose to carry the dad's watch, mm-hmm. but if we choose to carry the bitch's watch, 
which is your obligation is to spend 10 hours with your son, then the whole fucking concept goes away. Your watch is a gift given by your fucking controlled wife, and you follow that, and you execute that, and the result of it is kids that are fucking disconnected. You sit down here and saying, okay, what did I do fucking wrong? I took the kids to the fucking baseball game. I did this. I did that. I did this. What the fuck did I do wrong? You did everything wrong by being a fucking alpha and not leading your fucking kids the way they're meant to be led. And that's the problem that most men don't even want to check because they think they're spending time. They're good. Bro, you have to have that time. That time means you have to drop some fucking guidance. If you're not guiding your kids, you're not a fucking dad. Period. I don't give a fuck if you go to the baseball game or not. If you're not providing guidance for your kids, they're going to look for it elsewhere. Yeah, I know. When, when I started going through this, and I think it was right, right before I went to Warrior Week and we had been doing a lot of things before then, but my son sent me something. He said, and out of the blue, he said, Dad, I don't know if you realize how much what you're doing means to us kids. And he sent me a picture. And he never sends me a picture of something. It said, uh, my, it said, my dad doesn't tell me how to live. He shows me. Fuck yeah, man. That's fucking epic. Motherfucker, you better make a fucking T-shirt out of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it blew me away. Dude, how old was he? Uh, 16, 17, dude, yeah. Dude, that's, that's, that's gold. It blew. It floored me. I sat in the truck and looked at it for half an hour. That that thing needs to like, dude. You need to talk about this more. That kid knows exactly what he's doing. He's on the right fucking path. That's a kid. That's a kid that's that is for the rest of his life is gonna look for the lighthouse. You're the lighthouse. That's a confirmation that you're a lighthouse for him. Hmm. And he's gonna be on a boat. And you want him to be on a fucking boat, man. You want him to explore. But you know when it gets rough and he gets lost, you know he can look for the fucking light and he can come home. Right. And, it, and it's hard, though. It's, I mean, but in, in the trap is, well, I don't hear it every day. Well, so? It's done. So? I mean, it doesn't have to happen every day if it's locked in his heart. Well, dude, if, if you hear it every day, now it becomes more about you. Right. <laughs> right. He did what he had to say. He said it. Now you know it's there. It's, 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 a, it's the truth. It's floating out there in the universe. It's up to you. It's up to you not fuck it up. Right. Like, you have it now. The fact that you have this, you got to keep it. So now the game becomes about keeping that, right? How do I keep the light in the fucking lighthouse? Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think part of it is is not trying to be that guy who's like, you know, you're supposed to be here on Friday at 6 because it's my time. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be 18. Yeah, you know he's got a girlfriend. He's a senior in high school. Uh, like you said, his time isn't dad's time. Yeah, it's girlfriend time. It's football yeah. time. Sports time. But it's it's like you said, being there at the right time with the right message. You have to. Yeah. And even even if let's say it's his time to come in the house, but you know, dude wants to go out with his girlfriend. Like you, he prefers that. But then he's also feeling like he's. He's, he's learning the obligation the game by the, by the default creation of our selfishness, which is, bro, you know, it's your time with your dad, so you have to say no to your girlfriend. He's going to fucking hate that, man. He's going to fucking hate He wants to spend time with Why don't you spend time with the fucking girlfriend? Absolutely. Fuck yeah, man. But that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So he, he's going to hate that. But if you show up and say, listen, bro, I totally I get what you need to do. Like, yeah, you go and spend the night, but I'm here tomorrow. Let's hit breakfast or let's do this. Or hey man, let's just get on FaceTime and let's just let's just make this happen. 
or do this twice, but then, hey, two weeks Friday from now, you better plan that shit with me because we're doing nothing and we're just watching movies. Like, like, but it's manageable. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be many, 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 many times. 90% of the time, we have to give up the time. Yeah. Because it's not about the fucking watch. It's about dad's watch and it's about your son's watch. And if your son's watch says, dad, this is where I want to be, you're going to say, well, bro, I got you. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's going to have 10 times more fun and more into it knowing his dad got his back. But there's a difference. Sometimes we don't we don't care. Sometimes we don't care if they go with it's actually it's better. Oh yeah, your girlfriend, cool. I can do this. The teenager kicks in. Is the fact that he's going with his girlfriend. Now I can do my own shit. And they feel that and they sense that. They feel that and they sense that. They know that. When they see you going and doing something else at that night, like this motherfucker has his night planned anyway. Mm. Fuck this, fuck this motherfucker, mm. man. And that's the, that's the, to your point, they see. Yes. They see. And if it's not genuine, they don't genuinely feel appreciated and loved. They want to do shit on their own time, but they always want to feel loved. Right. Yeah. Well, and as teenagers, we're self-centered. You know, I was self-centered. They're self-centered to a certain degree. <laughs> right? Just a little. <laughs> uh, but uh, so knowing that, like you said, that you got their backs. And, um, you know, I sent him a text the other day because I hadn't seen him in a little while. And I said, hey, I miss you, you know, and I'd really like to get together. And I wasn't really even expecting him to text me back, but it was pretty quick. And he said, that'd be great. (laughs) And I mean, that little thing is just like, oh, man. So let's uh, let's roll. Let's roll 10 years from now. Right. Imagine we're sitting here at me and you again uh, 10 years from now. We're talking about some shit and some situations. And uh, it's 10 years from now. Kids have grown 10 years. And, uh, and <clears throat> your kids come across this podcast 10 years from now. What would you want them to hear? That I loved them, that I always loved them, and that I always will love them. It's that simple. Pretty solid. That's, uh, what if they come across it like next week? Will, will the story change? <laughs> the story won't change because <laughs> when you, when you, I mean, in your heart, your heart is the ultimate truth teller, uh, and in me, I've realized that, and that's what my heart says to me, and that's what my heart wants, so I know it's not a lie. That's beautiful, and then you know whether the, your kids come across this next week or ten years from now, uh, ultimately, what what the message that we have here discussed, me and you back and forth, is just an operating. It's an operating uh, manual for them to to consider uh, living their life, right? Because, you know, they're going to be telling lies. They're going to be g- dealt with guilt and shame. Uh, you know, they're going to be dealing with the biggest pain and the biggest lie. They're, gonna, they're dealing with it right now, and you have no fucking idea, right? It's just like you and I. And, and rather than take a fucking baseball and be- beat people up, it's like let them live through this. But know that there's one fucking time, and that time says love, right? Th- there's one time, and the time is, like, you always count, can count on me to be loved. Not just to say it, but, like, they genuinely feel that they're loved because you're respecting their fucking watches. Mm, yeah. I put that on everything I send them every day. I love you no matter what. And they don't have to fucking respect your time. 
Because they don't even know you have fucking Ninja Dad time. <laughs> and Ninja Dad time comes out, and it's like this fucking time is like, oh, yeah, it's time to get that motherfucker right now. And I'm going to drop some word of wisdom. It's going to stay in his fucking head for the rest of your life, and he's going to tell that to his son and his daughter. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and that's the secret weapon of dads. <laughs> if we see the distinction of the time. So time becomes really what time? What is time? What is time spent with my daughter? What is time spent with my son? What is time spent in the family? What is concept of time that was taught to me? And how do I go ahead and, and make that work for the relationship that I care the most? Awareness, man. Awareness at some level and continuing to pursue that, if you call it research and development of your own self-awareness. It never stops. It never does. And, and apart from the awareness, it's, it's the commitment to do the fucking work, to, to um, do what you have to do when you become aware. Yeah. True. Well, Don, dude, it was great having you here. Uh, obviously, we touched upon a point that is, uh, you know, that is the essence of why you're even on here. That, ans that answered my fucking question. Why the fuck are you sitting on my chair in my podcast? And you answered that question in an hour, which is the ultimately, man, you're here because you're here for your kids. The end. Like th th You're here to leave a legacy of who Don was and how Don became aware of the most important thing in his life. We didn't talk about your career. We didn't talk about who you did. We didn't talk about your achievement. We didn't talk about a lot of stuff that you've done as a man. And we could have gone hours and hours and just talking about all your achievement. Well, we talk about the most important achievement in your life, and that was the kids. And this becomes now a, uh, a footprint uh, that you left behind in the universe about what matters the most to Don. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate being able to come and, and visit with you, Coach. Yeah, again. well, you'll be back again. Uh, next one, I want, to bring, I want you to bring your son here, and we'll do a dad and son uh, kind of podcast. That'll be pretty cool. Uh, and you're going to come back, and you're going to have three T-shirts. Uh, you're going to have one for you, one for your son, one for me, uh, with exactly what he said on it. That'll be fucking awesome. Awesome. I'll make that happen. Cool. So, hey, gentlemen, if you want to hear more about uh, this podcast, you can find it at warriorweeknow.com. Uh, there's audios, there's pictures and videos of this entire podcast and so many others, stories of brothers that have gone through Warrior Week and uh, time to time special guests that will come in on the podcast. And we talk about specific problems of men, pain of men that um, that often is not discussed and uh, it's not evaluated and researched uh, in a very simple, tactical way. We tend to overcomplicate things that sometimes it's as simple as love, time. You know, lighthouse, dad time, kids time, teenagers time, uh, and everything else you heard here. So, gentlemen, if you want more of these, you can always find the details of these podcasts at warrioweeknow.com. Thanks for being with us.